0: Israel's war on Gaza has, more than any other issue, exposed the deep hypocrisy of the United States when Washington lectures other countries about human rights in the so-called rules-based international order. This October and November, there have been a series of votes in the United Nations General Assembly. And the United States has consistently voted against the entire world showing a complete disregard for international law and shielding Israel, vetoing resolutions in the UN Security Council and preventing any consequences over the war crimes and crimes against humanity committed by Israel against the Palestinian population. We saw the latest example of this on the 9th of November in which 145 countries at the UN General Assembly voted for a resolution that condemns Israel's illegal settlements in the occupied Palestinian territories, including East Jerusalem, and Israel's illegal occupation of Syria's territory, the Golan Heights. I made a map that illustrates this vote, and you can see very clearly that it was North America against the rest of the world the only countries that voted against the resolution that is in support of israel's occupation were the united states canada and hungary and then of course israel itself and then there were three tiny island nations the marshall islands and micronesia which unfortunately are basically u.s colonies the u.s gave them independence and scare quotes on paper but really Washington still controls them and they use the US dollar as their currency. And then the seventh country was Nauru, which is basically, unfortunately, kind of an Australian colony. Australia maintains significant control over it. They use the Australian dollar as their currency. So if you exclude these tiny three island nations, which together only have a combined population of 150,000 people, they're absolutely small, The vote was really the U.S., Canada, Israel, and Hungary against the world. And Hungary has a far-right government that is very anti-Muslim and strongly supports Israel. Surprisingly, almost every single country in Europe voted to condemn Israel's illegal occupation. And in Asia and Latin America and Africa, the vast majority of countries voted in support of the resolution. A total of 18 countries abstained and 23 countries did not vote. There are 193 members of the UN. However, in some cases, these countries didn't vote because they were simply not present at the vote at the UN General Assembly on the 9th of November. For instance, Venezuela is not allowed to vote in the UN because the illegal US sanctions against Venezuela have frozen its bank accounts, which means that Venezuela cannot get access to the money that it needs to pay its UN membership fees, which means it's no longer able to vote. And you have other countries with very weak states like Somalia and Afghanistan that didn't vote. But the point to take away is that the vast majority of the world voted to condemn Israel's illegal occupation And together, these countries represent more than 90% of the world population. Now, I mentioned that there have been a series of recent votes at the UN that looked very similar. I did a report, including a video, which I will link to in the description below, on a vote in the UN General Assembly on the 27th of October, in which it was 121 countries, versus 14, And it was really the United States and a small handful of Western allies that went against the world, and the vast majority of the world called for a humanitarian truce in Gaza. That is an end to Israel's brutal bombing of Palestinians, which has killed thousands of Palestinian civilians, especially children. I also did a separate report, which I will link to in the description below, about the U.S. vetoing two resolutions in the U.N. Security Council. The first one on the 16th of October was introduced by Russia, and it called for a humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza in order to save the lives of Palestinian civilians, and the U.S. voted against that. And then on the 18th of October, two days later, there was another vote in the UN Security Council on a resolution that had been proposed by Brazil, and this called for a humanitarian pause in Gaza, and the U.S. was the only member of the 15-member Security Council that voted against this resolution, but because the U.S. has veto power, it killed the resolution, and this was a way in which Washington protected Israel and allowed Israel to continue massacring civilians in Palestine. And the US is not only supporting Israel politically as it kills thousands of children in Gaza. Bloomberg reported that Washington is quietly sending Israel more and more weapons and advanced military technology. Bloomberg noted that the US is sending Israel laser guided missiles for its Apache gunship fleet, 155 millimeter shells for artillery, night vision devices, Bunker buster munitions, which are huge bombs that will penetrate deep into the ground, and also new army vehicles. And Bloomberg wrote, the weapons pipeline to Israel is extending beyond the well-publicized provision of Iron Dome interceptors, that's the anti-missile system, and Boeing smart bombs. So the US is sending more and more weapons to Israel, which makes it directly complicit in the war crimes and crimes against humanity that Israel is carrying out. Like for instance, attacking and taking over hospitals, like the largest, most important hospital in Gaza, Ashifa Hospital. The US is directly complicit in these crimes And I should mention that this military assistance is in addition to the $3.8 billion in military assistance that is unconditional that the United States gives to Israel every single year without exception. Now, the U.S. has claimed that Israel is defending itself supposedly, but as the top United Nations expert on Israel the occupied Palestinian territories, the special rapporteur Francesca Albanese, as she explained, quote, Israel cannot claim the right of self-defense against a threat that emanates from the territory that it occupies that is kept under belligerent occupation. This is the top UN expert speaking at the National Press Club of Australia.
1: That's but- the law remains the law, and this is what we should follow. So, um, the right of self-defense can be invoked when uh, when a state is threatened um, uh, by another state, which is not the case. Israel has not claimed that that has been threatened by another state. Uh, it's it's been threatened by um, <laughs> by an armed group. Qualify it the way you want, but it's an armed group within the occupied territory. And frankly, even saying the war between Gaza and Israel is wrong, because Gaza is not a standalone entity, it's part of the occupied territory. But so, in particular, the Israel cannot claim the right of self-defense uh, against a threat that emanates from the territory it occupies, uh, from a territory that is kept under belligerent occupation. And this is not only this exists in the jurisprudence of the ICJ uh, in general, it's also been said in the case of the occupied Palestinian territory.
0: So she is very clear here. Israel is not fighting against another independent state. Israel has tooth and nail fought every single attempt to prevent Palestine from being recognized as, as an independent state. And the United States has protected Israel and vetoed every single resolution in the UN Security Council, also preventing Palestine from having official statehood. So international law is very clear about this. And the reality is that the US is holding the world hostage, facilitating Israel's crimes against humanity by... Basically, paralyzing the United Nations. I've talked a lot here about the colonial structure of the United Nations, which was created after World War II and it concentrated all of the power in the Security Council, giving just five different countries permanent seats and therefore vetoes, and that is the US, Britain, and France, along with China and Russia. Although China and Russia have been supporting peace, whereas The U.S. and a few Western allies are the ones that are supporting Israel's ethnic cleansing campaign and massacre. And the U.S. has paralyzed the U.N. by using its veto in the Security Council. And increasingly, it's certainly not just me complaining about this. In fact, Brazil's president, Lula da Silva, gave an interview in which he called for fundamental reform of the UN Security Council and said that the US is abusing this institution. And he said, not only should the UN Security Council be expanded to include new countries in the Global South, but also there should be no veto power in the UN Security Council. I'm gonna play a clip here from that interview with Lula. Of course, he was speaking in Portuguese, but. The friends of the show over at Causachen News translated it and put on English subtitles. I'm going to read those English language subtitles of Lula's comments here. He says, one country had the right to veto it and vetoed it, the United States. He's speaking about Brazil's resolution that it introduced in the Security Council on the 18th of October that called for a humanitarian pause in Gaza and Lula said, this is incomprehensible. It's inadmissible. That's why we fight to change what the UN needs to change. The 1945 UN is no longer worth anything in 2023. Is, this is powerful. He says, the UN is no longer worth anything. And that's because the US has destroyed it, is holding it hostage and is therefore holding the world hostage. Lula continues saying, He says, that's why we want to change the number of people and how it works. And the the end, the right to veto. And then he he also condemns Israel's war crimes in Gaza. He says, the behavior of Israel, doing what it's doing with children, with hospitals. Lula says, he continues, with women and children. More than 5,000 children have already died. There are another 1,250 missing children who are under the rubble in Gaza. Apart from the number of women, the number of pregnant women that I saw yesterday who are expecting a child and because they are afraid of dying, doctors are performing cesarean sections to see if birth is possible, while the women are still in good health. And yes, it sounds like a horror story, but there have been reports in mainstream media outlets that women in Gaza who are pregnant are being forced to do C-sections, as The Telegraph in the UK reported, with lights from torches because they have no electricity, because Israel has imposed a full-on blockade on Gaza, preventing electricity, preventing food and water from going in. This is a medieval style siege. And according to these reports, doctors are performing C-sections on women, pregnant women, with no anesthesia, no pain medicine. I mean, this is like a horror movie. It's just unimaginable. And yet there are no consequences whatsoever for Israel as it commits blatant war crimes precisely because of the colonial structure of these international institutions, which are completely dominated, controlled, oppressed by the United States. So you have United Nations experts who are warning publicly that the Palestinian people are at risk of genocide by Israel and nothing is being done because the U.S. holds the U.N. hostage. And I began this report today looking at the vote in the U.N. General Assembly on the 9th of November in which 145 countries representing more than 90% of the world population voted to condemn Israel's illegal settlements in occupied Palestinian territory and occupied Syrian territory. That was the vote in which the U.S. and Canada and the far-right regime in Hungary voted against the rest of the world. But actually, that was not the only UN resolution that related to Israel's crimes that the U.S. basically unilaterally opposed. In fact, on that same day, On the 9th of November, there were six different resolutions voted on involving Israel's crimes. And we can see consistently that it was the United States against the world. So I'm looking here at a press release from the United Nations website. And this is from the 9th of November on the meeting of the fourth committee. There was also a meeting of the UN General Assembly's second committee involving Palestine What are these committees? Well, the UN General Assembly has six committees, and the second committee is on economic and financial issues, and the fourth committee is on special political issues and decolonization specifically. So I'm going to start looking at the meeting of the fourth committee. This was the committee that also had the resolution on Israel's settlements in occupied Palestinian and Syrian territory. But there were five other resolutions that were voted on in that meeting, and those were the resolutions L10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15, so six in total. And one of the resolutions, L13, called for an investigation into Israel's practices affecting the human rights of the Palestinian people and other Arabs of the occupied territories. That passed with the support of 85 countries, and 13 countries voted against it And that reiterated the demand that Israel cooperate with the UN General Assembly in implementing its mandate. It expressed grave concern about the critical situation in the occupied Palestinian territory, resulting from unlawful Israeli practices and measures and called for the immediate cessation of illegal Israeli settlement activities. It also called for the lifting of the blockade on Gaza, as well as the complete cessation of the excessive and indiscriminate use of force and military operations against the civilian population. Again, that resolution passed. Then furthermore, there was another resolution that was voted on in this meeting, which was Resolution L11, which called for assistance to Palestine refugees. What's incredible about this vote is that the only country in the entire world that voted against it was Israel. Even the United States abstained on this vote because obviously it would look so bad in terms of public relations if Washington voted against a resolution that called for humanitarian assistance for Palestinian refugees. So, I mean, this is just how completely desperate the situation is where Israel is voting against the entire world and even its imperial patron, its imperial protector, the United States, is forcing to abstain because of how bad the vote looks. But don't get your hopes up because the U.S. voted against another resolution that called for actually providing material funding and support for the main United Nations agency that provides support to Palestinian refugees. There was also the vote on Resolution L10 in the same meeting that called for funding the operations of UNRWA, that is the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees. And in that case, it was 160 countries that voted in favor, and just four countries that voted against, which once again was the U.S., Canada, Israel, and Micronesia, which is basically, unfortunately, a U.S. colony. So the U.S. and Canada, once again, voting against the entire world. And in this case, the resolution that they voted against expressed deep concern about the extremely critical financial situation of UNRWA and the attempts to discredit the U.N. Palestine Refugee Agency, despite its proven operational capacity and consistent implementation of its mandate. And this resolution called upon Israel to ensure the safety of personnel of the agency and to protect its institutions. And Israel has already killed more than 100 UN staff members in just over a month of bombing of Gaza. And that's why the US and Canada voted against this resolution, because they are, in effect, endorsing Israel's massacre of UN staff. I mean, endorsing crimes against humanity. Now, there was yet another resolution that looked very similar, the vote looked very similar, and that was resolution 12 on Palestine refugees' properties and their revenues. That resolution called on the UN Secretary General to take all appropriate steps to protect Arab properties, assets, and property rights in Israel, and it urged the Palestinian and Israeli sides to deal with the important issue of Palestine refugees' properties and their revenues. So Israel continues to colonize and steal the properties and homes of Palestinian, indigenous Palestinians, and this resolution called for them to be compensated. And once again, the vote was basically the U.S. and Canada against the world. It was 156 countries that voted in support of the resolution and just six countries that voted against, and it was basically the exact same vote. The U.S., Canada, and Israel, along with the U.S. colonies, Marshall Islands, and Micronesia, and the Australian de facto colony, Nauru. I mean just a sad state of affairs, the entire world against North America and apartheid Israel. And the irony is the US loves to talk about property rights, but when it comes to actually defending the property rights of indigenous people who are being colonized by Israel, the US opposes their property rights because of course, It would establish the precedent of indigenous nations in the US and indigenous nations in Canada, which are continued victims of ongoing settler colonialism. And the US and Canada refuses to recognize their property rights. So that also explains why they voted against this resolution at the UN General Assembly. And finally, there was one other resolution voted in this meeting of the fourth committee of the un general assembly and that was on israel's illegal occupation of syria's territory the golan heights and that called upon israel to desist from changing the physical character demographic composition institutional structure and legal status of the occupied syrian golan and to desist from establishing settlements and in this case incredibly it was two countries against the entire world the U.S. and Israel. In this case, Canada abstained. Canada didn't even vote against it. So it's the U.S. and Israel, the only countries on earth that support Israel's illegal occupation of Syria's sovereign territory in the Golan Heights. The U.S. and Israel vote against the entire world. This is what it looks like to be an actual rogue state. Now, those were the six resolutions that were voted on on the 9th of November in the 4th Committee of the UN General Assembly, which involves political issues and decolonization. Well, there was also a meeting on the same day of the 2nd Committee of the UN General Assembly, which involves economic and financial issues. And there were two other resolutions that involve Israel's crimes. One of them was a resolution titled Permanent sovereignty of the Palestinian people in the occupied Palestinian territory, including East Jerusalem and the Arab population in the occupied Syrian Golan over their natural resources. This resolution emphasized how Israel is exploiting, that is, stealing the natural resources of the indigenous Arab population in these occupied territories. And It recognized the right of the Palestinian people to claim restitution, that is legal compensation, as the result of any exploitation, damage, loss, or depletion, or endangerment of their natural resources, resulting from illegal measures taken by Israel, the occupying power. It also called upon Israel to halt all actions, including those perpetrated by Israeli settlers that harm the environment including the dumping of all kinds of waste materials in the occupied Palestinian territory and East Jerusalem and also in the occupied Syrian Golan and to cease the destruction of vital infrastructure. And in this case the vote was I mean I'm repeating myself so much but this it, it was again the US and Canada against the entire world. It was 6 countries that voted against the resolution. Canada, Israel, the US colonies Micronesia and Nauru and the Australian client state Palau and of course the US. And it was 151 countries that voted in support of the resolution calling for legal restitution for Palestinians and Syrians because of Israel's theft. It's theft of their natural resources. Now finally, Another resolution that was voted on in this meeting of the UN Second Committee was a resolution titled Oil Slick on Lebanese Shores, and this was a resolution that was introduced for 18 years in a row, and yet Israel refuses to comply with the resolution. Every single year for 18 years, The UN General Assembly has passed this resolution which expressed its deep concern about the adverse implications of the destruction by the Israeli Air Force of the oil storage tanks in the direct vicinity of the Lebanese GIA electric power plant for the achievement of sustainable development in Lebanon. The resolution also acknowledged that as of 2014, this Israeli attack on important Lebanese infrastructure caused $856 million of damage. Today, adjusted for inflation, that would be well over $1 billion. And Lebanon is a country whose GDP is only around $23 billion. So this is very significant damage for Lebanon. And in this case, the resolution was basically the same, except there was one other country, Australia, that voted against the resolution. So it was the US, Australia, and Canada, and the tiny island nations that are basically colonies. And in that case, it was 158 countries that voted in support of this resolution, calling for Israel to compensate Lebanon for this crime against the Lebanese people. And then there were 158 countries, the vast majority of the world, that supported this resolution condemning Israel for destroying Lebanese infrastructure, and there have been no consequences after 18 years. So, I mean, I could keep going on, but the point is that those resolutions that I just looked at, those were resolutions from one day, one single day in The United Nations General Assembly on the 9th of November, and we can see consistently in vote after vote after vote, it was the United States and often Canada against the entire world, trying to protect apartheid Israel and prevent any consequences for its constant crimes, not only against the Palestinian people, but also against the people of Lebanon and Syria. This is what it actually looks like to be a rogue state. This is why so many leaders around the world, especially in the global south, are calling for fundamental transformation of the UN, like Brazil's president, Lula da Silva, who says the UN is pointless, it is worthless, if we cannot actually accomplish anything because one country consistently stands in the way and defies the entire world and allows genocide and ethnic cleansing and war crimes, and crimes against humanity, and colonial occupation to continue for decades on end. I'm talking about the United States, which is the worst rogue state on Earth, according to any definition of the term, which violates international law on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. And yet, politicians in Washington have the temerity to accuse other countries of violating human rights and violating the so-called rules in their beloved rules-based international order, in which the United States makes the rules and orders everyone around. And according to Washington's rules, the U.S. and its allies can violate the rules whenever they want. They can commit genocide and ethnic cleansing. They can kill thousands of children with no consequences. And then when there are votes, in actual legal bodies like the United Nations, according to the rules-based international order, the US can hold those institutions hostage, destroy the UN, destroy any attempt at having an actual implementation of international law. That's what the the rules-based international order actually means. It means there is no international law. It means there is a global dictatorship controlled by the United States. That's the reality. And that's why constantly I do these reports here and they can be very stressful obviously because we just see the same pattern again and again and again and again again over many decades. But this is the reality of the world we live in. I'm not going to sugarcoat what's actually happening. This is the reality of imperialism. This is what imperialism looks like. And it's why so many countries are just yelling at the top of their lungs saying that we desperately need An alternative and of course I report here at geopolitical economy report on the attempts to create alternatives which are happening and they're happening faster than you might think so if you like this kind of reporting that we do here please subscribe if you're watching on YouTube please like the video and subscribe to our channel if you are listening to a podcast version please subscribe to the podcast for people who don't know All of our videos are also available as a podcast version. Just look up Geopolitical Economy Report and you can find it on most platforms. I want to thank everyone for joining me today. I'm Ben Norton. I will be back soon for more reporting. Thanks a lot.